Blog Talk Radio. Sounds ominous. Very, very ominous. Well, I'm not sure what's going on over there, but hi, everybody. I'm not sure what is going on either, uh, but the San Diego Comic-Con was this weekend, and we actually, of course, had the Orange County Warlock there in person doing his thing as the evil genius cackles in my background. Uh, But first, let me introduce Sexy Witches, and um, no guests tonight, or are there? Maybe I have a surprise Ooh. guest in the second hour. We'll have to see if they call in or not. But, but first, let me please introduce my co-host from Atlanta, Georgia. He is the voice of violence. He is the southern, dirty southern, southern sorcerer. I'm never going to get that right. Uh, <laughs> please welcome to the show, Nathan fucking Hamilton. How you doing, sir? Welcome to the show. Hello, ladies, you. gentlemen, and everything in between. It's wonderful to be back Uh I know it's been a while, but don't worry. The sexy witches didn't forget you. We're back, and we're uh, here to entertain you. And uh, yeah, we're still as sexy as ever. We we entertain, but we also inform. So you know, sexy and, <laughs> and of course, in in the Orange County area, my partner in crime of convention dumb. Please welcome to the show. The one, the only, Erin Kogan, a.k.a. Winsley on the Internet. How you doing? Welcome back to the Sexy Witches. I am doing my damnedest to recover from the San Diego Comic-Con. How is Concred this year? How is it? Um, so far, knock wood, 
pretty good. Uh, one of the uh, gentle beings that I traveled with had, uh, he's got the app on his phone where it tells you if your phone was close to somebody else's phone who's come down with COVID or tested positive, and he got that notice. And then uh, a day later, I got that notice. But so far, no symptoms. Yeah, I was going to say, the Concrud did go COVID at CD, um, uh, through my <laughs> string. I've been hearing all sorts of people getting COVID right and left yep. or, or warning. So sorry to hear that. But, you know, hopefully everyone was vaxxed and boosted and it will be a minor uh, inconvenience. From your mouth to God's ear. Yeah, so, but we're going to give you the whole fucking hour for that. And it's 10 o'clock. So. Damn. But, but first, we're going to talk a few, a few other things. And seriously, right on. fucking shut up. Shut the fuck up. You're unprofessional. I'm not going to let you on the show ever again. I was going to talk about Rocky Horror, and now I'm not. So, um, I'm back. Hello. Uh, okay. Hello. There we are. Uh, <laughs> my um, headphones are acting really weird. Okay. It keeps going 5 to 90, 5 to 90. Okay. Now I'm back to 90. So anyone can hear me okay, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So we got some recapping to do. Uh, let's. But first, before we get into our conventioneering recapping and wrestling recapping and all that fun stuff, let's talk a little bit about pop culture because a lot of shit has gone down. Um, first of all, we got to give a quick shout out and a rest in peace to two of my favorite actors of all time, Paul Savino and David Warren. Uh, he, uh, you know, yeah. oh my God, like David Warren, like he was my first horror crush, like time after time. Oh. I mean, seriously, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was devastated that. by the news. Uh, he's been in everything geekdom you can think of from Star Wars, Star Trek and Horg villains. Terry Gilliam movie, Tron. you name it, he was in a Tron. I mean, he, he was, you know, everything, everything. So we love, we love, I'm going to miss David Warren and Paul Savino. I mean, he's, he's Paul Savino, right? I mean, he's the daughter, he's the father yeah. of Mira Savino, uh, you know, and he got a whole new set of fans with Repo the Genic Opera. But he was already an icon by the time he did that role. Uh, you know, he was in Goodfellas for crying out loud. I mean, he, he's in everything. So I, it, it's uh, it was a double hit to lose those guys on the same day. Um, and I really am sad about this, especially David Warren. I mean, he Warner. Uh, David Warner was just the man. And uh, I can't believe that. You know, I never, I got, first of all, I actually had a photo op with Paul Scarvino and ended up not being able to go to that particular convention. So I missed him by that much. And I never, and I, I always yeah. wanted to meet both of those gentlemen. I never got to. So, so, uh, but um, anybody else have anything to say about either one of those gentlemen? You know, what can you say about them that hasn't already been said? They were both, they were both straight up legends, man. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Okay. I mean, you know, we also I, it was just confirmed lost Tony Dow. Yeah, so Tony from Dow. Leave it the Beaver, and yeah, they, they prematurely said that he was dead when he was uh, not doing well in a convalescence home, and uh, he has in fact finally passed. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, no, I, I heard that uh, right before air. It was very sad to hear that too. Uh, Wally, for people who don't know, so uh, you know. 
the beaver's brother. Um, yep. You know, yeah. we we all, you know, I I have a weird relationship with Leave It to Beaver because you know, as as Gen Xer, it was actually really part of my life, right? It was reruns and everything. Uh, but you know, it's just such a you know, it's like Ozzy and Harriet, just such a sanitized version of what America wishes it would be. But it wasn't at all, you know. Man, to, br- <laughs> so. to, br- to bring it back to horror, as I always do, uh, he was also on multiple episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. Oh, I oh. forgot about that. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I know. So, but he also was a producer, right? He he produced a bunch of movies. He even was a director. Uh, you know, he he was behind the scenes well after Leave It to Beaver. It's just that you know. Yeah. Was, Direct, was, directed was, a bunch of episodes of uh, Babylon Five. So yeah, oh, right. he's a nerd. Nerd boy like the rest of us, we will miss him too. Um, you know, kind of he, in a weird way, him and Joseph Quinn have this like, like parallel that they were both kind of pushed into stardom overnight. You know, and you know, you couldn't walk down the street without people noticing who he was. Um, <laughs> it saved Joseph Quinn's ass though. Recently, did you hear about what happened? Um, as he was going on the show, he was going to go on. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. Wasn't that what I said, Nathan? That he was going on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Uh, it was one of the late so. night, uh, one of the late night talk shows. He was settled in, and he was coming through customs. The customs were like, "What are you doing here? You don't belong here." And he's like, "I've got Jimmy Kimmel. We don't believe you." And they detained him. They actually threw him in the dungeon. And uh, uh, the second guy came in and recognized him. And was like, "Oh my God, you're Eddie Munson!" And let him through. But you know, they you know, so you know, it, luckily he had the you know, without the hair, because, you know, without the hair, he's not as easy to recognize, but he's been having, like, this amazing, like, run, he's been doing horror conventions in England, and there's lines around the blocks for him, I don't know if I can't go one day without seeing online or in in person a Hellfire shirt, um, you know, so, uh, you know, shout out to all, all of the child actors who have been forced upon them and don't realize what they're getting themselves into. Uh, Man, so. a, a note, a note on a note on Eddie Munson, if you will. The uh, mm-hmm. that is the most relatable character that they have put on Stranger Things to me yet, because that was me and all my buddies in high school. We were all metalheads that played D and D, so <laughs> like. I totally relate to that character, and what's funny to me is that that dude, everyone loves now, but that dude got picked on in high school. You know? But now that geekery has become as mainstream as it can possibly get, that guy is a hero to a whole bunch of people. And it makes me happy to think that some of the people that made fun of us and bullied us for being Eddie Munson in high school – are now being driven crazy that their kids love Eddie Munson. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wonderful the girl. Point. I was very much the girl playing D and D with the metalheads in in high school and college. So I even had it worse. I mean, being a girl in the eighties and liking sci fi and fantasy and D and D was not something people think it was. You know, like oh, everybody's into Star Wars. No. No, we were not. Uh, girls were not into Star Wars in the 80s. Um, you know, we were picked, I was picked on incessantly in the 80s. I was straight up bullied in the 80s. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it's weird to see that it's now everyone's like, yay, yay, woohoo, D&D, Metalheads, Metallica, yay, woo, but, you know, 
not how it worked for me at all. No, I'm not upset about that per se. Uh, I'm glad that people are discovering how wonderful this stuff is. I love sharing it with my evil genius who's now starting to listen to metal. Um, you know, but it, it's, it is very odd to think that what, the, uh, what Gen Xers were picked on now is considered cool. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're, we're we're the cool kids, but we're really not. We're still the you know, as as you say, Nathan, the land of misfit toys. Uh, yeah, so, we're the cool kids. It just took us twenty five years to become cool. Yeah, our middle age, we're cool, right? No, yeah. we're middle age and old as fuck. What the hell, you know? But we're making <laughs> the art though, and I think that's part of it. Like San Diego Comic Con, if you go to the panels, most of the people on the panels are our age. You know, people doing Bob's Burgers, people doing, well, I mean, heck, Simpsons, they're older than us. Uh, you know, there, 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 there's, you know, it, it, it's interesting how, like, our generation may not have any power in the seat of government, but damn it, we create the art that they're watching. So, <laughs> yeah, add a yet in there. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, believe it or not, Gen X is only 20% of the population of the United States of America. We're yep. very small. There's hardly any of us there. Um, but, we so, and, but we rule. At least we rule artistically. So, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but speaking of awesome things, and we'll maybe go in a little bit more depth in the next hour, Aaron, because I think you actually made it to the panel. But uh, what we do in the shadows came back while we while we yeah. were on hiatus. Yeah. And boy, is it consistently good as always. This show is a shining beacon um, on television. I mean, you know, when I was going through my divorce, uh, that was like the one thing that would stop everything. Like the fighting, the stress, the drama, we'd all stop and watch what we do in the shadows for half an hour. It was the one thing that happened. Like, like Levy would, we'd all get together. We all sit and we'd watch it because it's just so consistently good and funny. And I think it's this season has what we're four episodes in. I watched the next this episode this morning. Oh my God, is it wonderful? Do you feel the same way? Because I, 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 it brings joy into my life to watch this show. I absolutely do. Is the the, sh- the episode they showed today the Night Market? Yes. That, oh my god! Yeah, that's Go the one they showed us at Comic Con early on Sunday. Excellent. Oh, nice. Kind of reminded me at of the, the Hellboy, Hellboy a little bit with the secret yes, market. Yes, exactly. Very, very uh, much. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take my headphones off so y'all are done. Oh, you haven't watched it yet? No, uh, I have not seen no. <laughs> today's episode yet. Uh, you gotta, you gotta watch it, Nathan. But we won't go into it. Oh, more, I, but, I, I will. I will. I. Just I've not had a chance to. Yet. No spoilers, but they said it was the most complicated episode they've done yet. I would believe it, it. Absolutely. It, yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Uh, so um, cool, and we'll talk about the panel in the next hour because uh, you know Good. they went from yeah, yeah. when I in 2019 I stood in that line for two and a half hours and literally was the last person before they cut, shut the doors and said mm-hmm. capacity. I no, I didn't get in at first. I cried. I actually blubbered. This forty-year-old woman blubbered like a little girl because I, I couldn't get in. Oh. Yeah, and then they, I don't blame you. Oh my you. god! I was literally like 
the next person. And I was like, I've, and I didn't even care about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is what most people were in line for, which was the next panel preceding it. Uh, and I was like, look, I've been here, what we do in the shadow. And I got into that panel. Like, they felt bad. They found <laughs> two seats and got us in. And that was nice of them to do, especially uh, with me blubbering my ass off. But they moved What's to Hall it? 8 this year. So congrats uh, to that. Yeah. One thing about what we do in the shadows. They filled it up, too. They have that, – that show features the creepiest thing I have seen in a long, long, long time. The Colin Robinson child is creepy as fuck. <laughs> oh, and, and, and yeah. I, we can't go into it more because it nope. plays a, nope. it, 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 this nope. episode. It plays a prominent role. <laughs> last, um, last thing I saw, he was performing at the motherfucking Vampire Nightclub. So yeah, well, yeah. yeah. not just Nadia's uh, comment about child exploitation was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was yeah. Um, so, uh, what else? We also have a couple other things to talk about. Nathan, we had it written down. What was the other two things before we get into uh, recap? We're talking about what we've watched. I, I actually just finished, finally finished, uh, no, I'm way behind Squid Game. Ah, oh, yeah, finally, that's right. I finally watched that. Um, because, because they, uh, they now have a dubbed track for it. And I am not one of those, Ooh. oh, God, I don't like foreign films because they have subtitles. No, it's that. I stare at a computer screen for like 10 hours a day when I get off of work. I don't want to read any of the screen. <laughs> so if you're in the same boat and have not watched that show because of that, know that there is a dubbing uh, track now. Um, from what uh, Liz told me, the, the voice of one of the main characters is pretty close, but some of them are – the dubbing is so bad, and I love bad dubbing. I fucking love bad dubbing. <laughs> So it made me so happy that some of the voices don't match the characters at all. But, That's weird. But no, it's I. My review of the show is I loved it while we were playing the game. When we went out of the game, I found myself losing a little bit of interest. When we went to the backstory and everything, but the drama of the actual game being played itself, phenomenal. Hmm. Um. It, the, when it goes to the dubbing tracks, I saw some of that. Yeah, the um, one that plays uh, contestant one, uh, his dubbing, the older man, uh, his dubbing is fantastic. Whoever did it is obviously uh, like no, understands Japanese and or Korean. Sorry, Korean, not Japanese. Don't shoot me later, guys. Uh, <laughs> about that. Um, but uh, the cadence is correct, and he sounds similar to the actual voice of the person on the show. The guy who played the lead, though, not so much. <laughs> we won't go into there. Um, and the ones that played the girls, the voice matches were way off. But, you know, it, it, it's, it is what it is. I, I have mixed feeling about dubbing. I think I understand, like, the whole, like, yeah, we will fight you, you know, stuff from the 70s and 80s. But uh, um, I kind of like, like it when they write scripts directly for and voice match it like like my favorite dubbing is Miyazaki movies because they will write American scripts and and uh, Satoshi Khan movies also um, and uh, you know and the the who's the the American actors doing the voice matches usually are pretty close in cadence which is actually the hard part is getting the cadence and getting the American words in the same cadence as the language that they're imitating. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why Uma Thurman rocks in the Nazca Valley of the Wind adaptation, because she actually um, knows 
how to, um, you know, she speaks Japanese. So she, her, her voice match is off the chain. I also recommend uh, Mina Savari, uh, not Mina Savari, uh, what's her name? Oh, my God. Um, the one about the guy, the kid, the, the uh, Princess Mononoke, Lady Yaboshi, who is that? That was, well, I want to say Mira Savino, but I know that's wrong. Um, you know who it is, Aaron. Of course you do. I'm I'm trying to remember. Uh, Mini Driver. Mini Driver. There it goes. Oh, <laughs> my brain's not working. The Mini Driver's yeah, yeah. horse work on that film is exemplary. So I recommend both the Asian and the uh, American tracks on both of those. As I do Porco Rosso, which has Michael Keaton doing a fantastic job. I stuff. fucking love so. Porco Rosso. Um, and Nathan hasn't seen it yet. To... Oh, man, you know, not a lot happens in it. It's kind of a lot of really beautiful shots of planes flying and uh, beaches and da-da-da. But, damn, I don't know what it is about that movie. It just sucks me in. It, it's 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 such a beautiful tribute to flying and and movement and and yeah. and there's a and there's a nostalgia to it that like isn't over the top yet completely puts you in a in a different mindset. I absolutely love Porco Rosso. Um, and the Evil Genius actually brought it one of the DVDs of it with her. That was one of the few that she brought with her on her trip. Um, so I I actually hope I get to show it to the um the the voice of violence before he, before they, uh, they head back North, which they do next week. So, so you know, which I got a job. So, what? well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be working for if, if things clear, which they should today, uh, I'll be working for Duracell starting next week. Oh, wow. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to help make batteries. <laughs> oh, you're not doing uh, anything related to your uh, arch- archivismnessnessness. Well, Ar- I'm still archiv- doing it. I'm still a document control person, so um, I'll be doing. I'm working with documents. I'm just doing it for a different type of manufacturer. So, fingers crossed. Okay. By the time we're on air, I'll be uh, trained and working on my first or second week. Maybe even have a paycheck under my belt. Who knew? Um, so, speaking, but, speaking of things that batter. Speaking of things that batteries are very, very useful for, we also <laughs> watched another series recently. Which yeah, was I was actually how about to build to a lead, sex room. Yeah, I was about to lead into that actually. So <laughs> I, I, I had to use batteries as a segue there. Sorry. Yeah. How, That's did awesome. you did you watch uh, Aaron? Did you watch How to Make a Sex Room? Because it was like the big how to show, huge hit actually Not on Netflix. Yet, but even at Comic-Con, people are talking about it, uh, and it, favorably, too. Yeah, no, we watched the whole thing. Um, it's very entertaining. Um, it, they call, they were calling her the, the BDSM Mary Poppins. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's really, the older British chick comes in and makes sex rooms for couples. They all vary in style. There's a couple of vanilla couples all the way up to a polyamorous couple, of, uh, a family of seven. Uh, and even one, that, uh, a lesbian couple that lived in a, in a van, uh, you know. Down so, by the river. Well, up in the mountains in this case. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it's actually a very entertaining show. And it, it plays like a fucking, like, remodel, here's the reveal show. It actually hits that model completely it just happens to be there's s&m and and sex chains and butt plugs occasionally and 
And um, dicks everywhere. And lots of dicks. What was it? The one chick called it a smorgasbord of dicks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's like coat racks and door handles and just, just dicks everywhere. Wow. But it's crazy, isn't it? She's a very, very, you know, like sweet older, you know, English lady who like opens up her Mary Poppins bag, but she's pulling out like floggers and butt plugs and stuff. Yeah. What do you think of this? (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, I don't know what we think of this. Uh, (laughs) So um, it's it's highly entertaining. I highly recommend you watch it. Actually, it gave me some ideas about my own design, which I thought was cool. That's actually why I was watching it, because, I mean, the room, obviously, I could not afford the room she was designing. I mean, she actually gives spoilers there, a Sibian to one of the families. Um, so, yeah. So, Dude, she, 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 she said that she set that Polly family up. Like they got, oh not only did God. they get the Sibian, they got an incredible home theater set up to watch porn on. That, like, right on. And, and like these, these rooms she's designing, like these are like anywhere from fifty to $100,000 sex rooms she's designing for yeah. these folks. Like they are Top of the line. I'm super jealous. I bet you'd be good at it. Honestly. I really want her job. <laughs> but it might be it might be less threatening to have the, you know, five two cute British older chick doing it than the six three giant biker looking dude doing it. I mean we'll, we'll send her in first. We'll send her in first. Okay. okay. She she so, she can be the Trojan horse of the company. <laughs> she comes in, and then I kind of sneak in behind her. Um, is See, there anything else? Actually, get sponsorship by Trojan. You said, "Hey, there you go." Genius, <laughs> pure genius. <laughs> so, is there anything else we need to cover before we do our recaps? So, I don't think so. I think that's all the major things we had. Um, you know, uh, Paranormal, Wellington Paranormal dropped a new season. Umbrella Academy dropped a new yes. season. Um, yes. uh, we're, we're on the countdown for House of Dragons, which I'm sure you might talk about during the Comic-Con segment. Um, yeah. And we won't yeah. talk about the D and D until this Comic-Con segment, because, of course, that was one of the hottest things in Comic-Con was the D, the, D, yeah. the new D, Dungeons and Dragons movie, which actually looks like it has potential. So, hey. Um, so, but before we get to San Diego, yeah. We got uh, two things that Nathan and I covered over the over the holiday weekends. Uh, we um, two weeks ago we went to one of the largest gaming expos in the South, uh, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo here in Atlanta, um, and uh, we spent a, sun, a quiet Sunday there and uh, spent most of our time in the main exhibit hall, which had about 260. Uh, what was it a uh, uh, video game, vintage video games and pinball? Uh, the pinball was fantastic choice. Uh, there was a great amount of pinball machines, old and new, all through it. The the video and, games and some were, some cool prototype stuff that I think we got yeah. to play before just about anybody else too. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, they did also have. Uh, uh, you know, lots of little rooms that open play for cards and board games and D&D and Magic the Gathering and whatever else you would fuck you wanted to play. They had setups everywhere for all of that. Um, they, but uh, but like I said, we spent most of the time in the main gaming room. Uh, the video games themselves, I mean, they had some really cool sit-down Japanese variants of Street Fighter, but they didn't really have anything 
'90s, other than Street Fighter. Uh, yeah, they had, no they had a lot of very, they had a lot of very old, like not say very old, but they had a lot of like the real classics. Like they, they just sent a star there that was really cool. They had like you know some stuff like that. But the arcade era from like the late '80s up through the '90s, like the beat 'em up era, the fighting game era, they didn't have a lot from that era. The pinball selection was amazing, but as far as the yeah. video games, it, it skewed super retro. Uh, the Evil Genius went and played a lot of Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, I hit the uh, pinball games pretty heavily. Uh, one of the best setups, uh, there was two main prototypes that uh, we got to play. One, we'll tell, we'll tell that story in a minute, but the first one was uh, they had four, uh, well, they had a, also an Ultra, the Shin Ultraman that's coming out. They had video games for that, which I thought right. was pretty cool. Uh, but the one that we played that we played and had the most critiques for it was they did um, Halloween Trilogy. Um, or, or actually, I think it was the first six movies, right? Uh, that, thing, that thing's just, that thing's evil. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's meant to be. Uh, <laughs> There was some. Um, so, why don't you review it? Because you actually played it more than I did, um, and you had the biggest critiques on it. I, I actually thought it had a lot of potential, but there was a few issues with it. It has a lot of potential. The only the pro- only problem is, I think we, I finally found the pinball machine for the first time ever that I think has too many bells and whistles, because oh. it there are these upper decks that you go into that are rooms from the houses but it cuts the excuse me the main play area down so much that it makes it hard to maneuver and get any of the ramps and stuff so i think there might actually be a little bit too much going on there if they if they can figure out the the you know the space problem that'd be awesome because other than that the gate like there's there's butcher knives all over this thing like there's little Michael Myers that come and like peek out from behind hedges and stuff. There's so much cool stuff, but like the, the only problem is I think they need to open the game up a little more, which might require removing one of the special rooms, but that's my main critique. Uh, I, I liked that the speakers were two punk jack-o'-lanterns. I thought that was a nice little mm-hmm. touch. Uh, the launch the, the, was actually a knife that you pull out and stab, to launch the ball, and I thought that was a cute little detail. That's um, and, excellent. Yeah, um, the actual there's launch, one, launch there's ramp one, is a butcher knife. Yeah, there's, there's one trick it plays on you that I don't want to give away in case any of you get to play it, but you're going to drop like a couple bucks and quarters before you figure out what the hell it's doing, and once you do, you're like, you're, you're going to, that is the dirtiest trick a pinball machine has ever played on me. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, uh-huh. uh, I lost three balls before I realized what was happening. Once you figure it out, actually, I think it, it compensates for the room issue he's talking about because it gives you a, a lot of control on your ball, but you have to learn it first. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, hmm. There was also um, I I played it, but Nathan didn't. They had um, they 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 said they had the Iron Maiden one. And they did not, but they did have the new Rush pinball machine. Uh, and what and these these versions of pinball machines uh, are by Stern, and uh, they are um, 
programmable. The, the soundtracks are programmable. The Iron Maiden one's my favorite. I played it at San Diego Comic Con in 2019, Aaron, actually. Uh, but uh, the the Rush one, you can pick which which album you want while you're playing your uh, pinball, and it reacts to the what you're doing. Um, a lot of fun. Enjoyed that one. I actually dropped dropped quite a bit of time on that. Um, the new Oh, well, Aaron's gone. Hopefully he calls back. Um, the new, um, uh, what was it, the Deadpool one, Nathan. I actually really enjoyed the Deadpool game, even though it was kicking my black ass a lot. Yeah, it, did, it didn't um, like you very much. No, it did not. I was doing really well on most of the machines. That one did not. Aaron, call back. Aaron dropped. We don't know where he went. So hopefully he'll come back. Let's see. Winslow, Leach, call back. Yeah, the but the uh, I, I think I think the the star of the show in that room was the brand brand new prototype. I'm not sure which one, but it, and we mentioned the show earlier. It was the Stranger Things machine. Yeah, it was the. I, I did do a little research. That is the premium machine. Um, okay. So that would be the top of the line um, prototype. Uh, boy, was that cool! Um, first of all, least, it's gorgeous. I, I, don't, I haven't seen like vi- video screens used in a pinball machine like that before. No, there were projectors in there. Several of them. I mean, everyone sees the, the they do the screen the, the screen where the LED used, display used to be on the older machines in the '90s, and now it's a full-on video screen and often interactive. Like the Mandalorian one is very interactive. Yeah, and uh, it, which, it, it it like folds down to form ramps. It also becomes targets. It like it plays a lot of different functions in this machine. And there's a big demigorgon in the middle, um, and he's like. Ah, um, that was really, really cool. Um, and we got to see it break, Nathan, which actually was a blessing in disguise, even we though did. we had to wait. <laughs> we did because um, the, um, the guys who were playing it, you know, like, it lost its balls or something like that. It got so, stuck and they couldn't find They never, I don't even know if they actually found the ball. No, he actually put a new one in there. But yeah. the, uh, the guy came to fix it and they slid the glass down and then pulled the, you know, the actual play field down and lifted it up and we got to see the guts of the machine which you don't that's you know not something you see every day unless you own a pinball machine or whatever it was cool it's no, like, it, it was the it, it was the upside down of the stranger things game what's interesting about it too is like i have um before the divorce i had the gottlieb's 1985 variant of rock which is a rock machine uh Based video machine, uh, and even though there's a lot more bells and whistles in the Stranger Things one, to look at the other sides haven't really changed that much. There's more computer stuff, um, obviously, but uh, it it still looks very much like the pinball machines of the past. So I think if you knew how to work on a, a pinball machine, because the one reasons why we got the Rock in the first place is that machine ha- ha- was known for having some issues with being like like breaking a little bit. So we wanted a, a machine we could learn to fix ourselves. Um, so um, I hopefully would be – I don't know if I'd be able to fix the Stranger Things machine or not, but it did have all those amazing diagnostics on it that I thought that was new. That is oh, new yeah. to the new things. And that was kind of neat to see. You can actually – the machine will actually tell you what's wrong and go and count the balls for you. Oh, good. He's back. Um, let me bring Excellent. up news. 
Mr. Winslow Leach, a.k.a. Arcone, get your back. <laughs> Welcome back. Yes, what happened? I don't know. Uh, my phone was... Good Lord. And, and the phone was still ticking down, so I didn't know if uh, you guys had gone away. And then I tried uh, sending a message, hey, where is everybody? And my computer says it's still sending, so I was a little frightened there. I'm glad the show continued without me. Uh, what did I miss? Uh, we, we were talking about-, about the Stranger Things pinball machine. Yeah, they had the premium prototype. That was like the 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 one CERN was releasing their brand new, um, you know, Stranger Things, and it had projection. Cam- uh, uh, it was amazing. Um, in, it was in its own top, little tent. Yeah, it was wow. on its own. Uh, it, it had like even project like screens in the game that would move and become ramps and the upside down and 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 it, it was nice. really neat. Um, it, the machine is almost too complicated because it kept losing balls and then they would like literally they couldn't find them anymore and we got to watch them fix the machine wow. and that was cool. So um, <laughs> that's what we were just talking about. So uh, do they have that. a price point yet? Uh, what was the price? It was actually surprisingly cheap for what it was. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I didn't see, I didn't see okay. one on that one. I, I know the, um, the Halloween prototype was, I think they had nine grand on it. Uh, the, mm. the Shin Gods and the Shin Ultraman was eight. I know that. Um, they actually, the, for the used machines in the um, they actually had some really good deals in there. Um, they there, had. There, this yeah. one pristine Royal Rumble machine that they were selling for forty two hundred dollars, and it was in. Which is a in, steal. Wow. It was amazing. Absolutely. That that thing they, was awesome. They had my, one of my favorites of all times. It's Fishtails, and it was at forty six hundred. It sold. Um, so uh, yeah, they were selling machines there, and a lot of there was that really cool one from the '90s from the Shadow movie with Alec Baldwin. Oh which was God, that cool. one was cool. Yeah. Better that than the one was movie. Cool. <laughs> Way better than yeah, the movie. Yeah. Not... Um, so <laughs> how dare you? Uh, they, well. they had they had two Adams families. Uh, both of them sold, and the the one that I was playing mm. by the Fishtails was in pristine condition. Uh, there was one that was a modern mod, but the one that was the original with all the original bells and whistles, that one sold. I got to play it right before they folded it up, and I got to multi-ball on it right before it folded because I know that machine so well. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, there, there was a, supposed to be an, uh, a midi- remake of Medieval Madness. I did not play, see it there. They did have, though, uh, Attack of Mars and the Revenge of the Attack of Mars. And the line for that was long. Like, the, the Revenge one is the one with the TV, interactive TV screens from the um, early 2000s. Uh, such a great fucking game. Uh, you know, and, and I was really surprised how popular that one was. I don't know if it sold or not, but there was never not a line except for like maybe once or twice that entire day. Um, that, one wasn't, the, that one wasn't for sale. Yeah, that one wasn't for sale. <laughs> it was somebody's no. personal collection. Um, yep. I guess mm. I, I would keep it too. <laughs> Another one that wasn't for sale and what, um, a table I had never seen before. But they had one from 1981 called Centaur that I'd never seen before, and it is the Mm. most gorgeous pinball game I have ever – the artwork is incredible. It looks like – it looks like this thing was done completely in the spirit of Heavy Metal Magazine. 
Like the wow. artwork, the artwork on this game is fantastic. Like I, I encourage anyone listening, Google 1981 Bally's Centaur and just take a look at the art. It's so good. How are they spelling Centaur? I actually got the prayer. C E N T A U R. Okay. So, like like the creature. Uh they yeah, had the right. the uh they had the original Flash Gordon pinball game based on the eighties movie. Uh I've, like of one of the older machines. It was by far one of my favorites in there. Uh it was a really choice pinball. Like it was some of the best pinball. Uh the it turns out Atlanta's actually kind of got a Quite a few good pinball arcades around here, um, oh, yeah. and we and I'm sure some of these machines went to those places. Uh, one of them, which we haven't gone to yet, because it closed and now it just reopened um, in Ackworth, which is like an hour from here. Uh, it's called Portal, and I'm sure some of those machines went to Portal because they had just had their grand opening. So, uh, the Buried Alive, uh, the Buried Alive Film Festival has a uh, custom arcade cabinet that they turned into one of the uh, Nintendo multiplayers. It was there as well. Oh my god! Uh, it, it, they also had this custom machines. They were going for about eight grand. They were huge. They're like these big ninety eight nineties cabinets, but they had like every Atari game in them, um, every hmm. Sega game in them. Uh, it was like you could program them with whatever you wanted to play. They had. It, it, it was it was really a, a, a really nice collection of machines, um, and uh, you know I, I they also had tournaments and stuff in other rooms and everything. And I I wish I had more time to go check it out, but I was very satisfied with my visit. And uh, the evil genius had was very satisfied uh, satisfied as well. She got a, a, a was it a we we bought her some tchotchke from there <coughs> as well. And a gun. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> It was from Overwatch. It's a very specific gun. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, so that was our conventioning. Um, we also, uh, you know, re- wrestling is a big thing in, in the South and especially in Atlanta. And AEW, after what, how many, two years, came back finally to Atlanta, Georgia for Fighter Fest. They did a, their first ever show in Savannah. And then the second week they were here in Atlanta. And we went last week. We uh, and it was the first time we actually made signs, Aaron. I've never made a wrestling sign before. We made three. Loved the photos of you with the signs. Yeah, it was like so, the '90s again. And it was their <laughs> third ever death match on AEW, but it was the first time they used what they called it, Bob Wire Everywhere Death Match, starring Eddie Kingston, the Mad King himself, and the Wizard Jericho, <laughs> Chris Jericho, and that was the main event. Um, it 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 was a it was a double edged sword because we actually were on the floor like we were but we were behind the main cameras so we never got on cam- on film uh and anytime there was something really amazing happening everyone would stand up and of course block my view cuz i'm short so <laughs> but uh uh, but it was still a lot of fun, as always, going to AEW. Uh, and, uh, well, Nathan, what's your review of the show? It was a fantastic show. AEW always puts on a great show. Um, the barbed wire match was, well, it was a lot of fun. I've, I've seen a lot of barbed wire matches. And as far as, you know, not the kind of death matches I call it, like a main, you know, mainstream barbed wire match, it was about as good as any I've seen. But hmm. the, the match of the night was actually the opener. And that was Brody King and Darby Allen. Yes. 
It was those really two good. have a have a storied history back on the indies. They you know they've been attacking each other at uh, autograph signings lately and stuff. And God, Brody probably outweighs Darby by a hundred and fifty pounds, but somehow and and, a, and and a foot and a half taller. Like the man towers mm. over him. He can lift him up, and he just dangles. <laughs> yeah, but they, but they do the they do the David and Goliath dynamic so well, and but that that match was absolute tits. That was great, and the whole the whole show was awesome. And it was a when lot you, of fun. When you buy a ticket to an AEW show, you gonna get your money's worth because they did <laughs> like two hours of tapings of dark matches for YouTube. Then we had a two hour live episode of uh, dynamite. Then we filmed the next Friday's episode of rampage. So we got like a five hour wrestling show. Nice. It, it, it's interesting too, because you know, one of the things that I always geek out every time I go to a, this is my fourth AEW show uh, is, is the actual cameras that they use. They have the, they have, crane. they have these two cranes oh. that has to be worth more than third world countries. I mean, they're just like, they, they just, they move so smoothly across the audience and, and they're so what, sexy. And there is a guy manually <laughs> handling the crane. Like, he actually is at the base of it, moving it around. And um, he's barely touching it. You can move this gigantic crane as smoothly as you want. He's he's doing it, like, with one hand and zero effort. These cranes are amazing. Yeah, I I, I, I can't even um, – if I had a concert, I would make sure – and I was filming it, I would absolutely want one of these cranes for the show. Um, it, it is it is this one of the best – Setups, not WrestleMania, because WrestleMania is still probably the best AE, a best wrestling technically event. Like you know, lights, bells, whistles, all that stuff. But that's, AEW that's has just, that's just what kind college. of geeks we are. We're going to wrestling shows and geeking out over the video equipment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it right. I mean, it's Damn all right. part of the experience. Uh, you know, uh, and, and the wrestling is the wrestling. I, I, you know, I, but I, I, as, as you know, Nathan, I really enjoy the, the pageantry parts of it too. The walking down the ramp with the lights and the fire and the explosions, you know, I, I enjoy that's, that's, that part of it. That's one thing I don't think a lot of people think of when they think of wrestling is just how complicated from a production standpoint it is because they're, shooting subjects that are constantly moving in and around the ring and they're cutting back and forth live on the fly between six or seven cameras. So, I mean, it is a, you know, quite the top notch production job that they do. It has to be on par with doing direction for like football games. I mean, it has to be that complicated because everyone says that football and hockey are the two hardest live shows to direct. It has to be on par with those because I mean, imagine it's, it's, it's so much shooting live sports is probably very much the yeah it's the same as any other live sport and it's commendable and amazing that that it comes off as well as it does on TV. So. So, yeah, so uh, once again, if you haven't had a chance to go see All Elite Wrestling Live, and I know that there are definitely there are naysayers out there, I, I was posting how excited it was, and I had a person on my thread just rip me up for wanting 
like in the show. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, You know, it's everyone. Go ahead. (laughs) I don't want to get get too far into it because, you know, we we could take forever. But some some shit happened in the wrestling world this week that's going to make things real interesting going forward. So keep an eye on everything. It's it's, going to be an interesting uh, next little while to see how things play out. We can just go ahead and say it because it's like the biggest news in wrestling right now. I mean, right, Vince McMahon yeah. retired. Yeah, Vince McMahon retired and Triple H retired is over in as, huge air quotes. Well, no, no, really is retiring now because at first he was just yeah, stepping but, down. Now he's uh-huh. but Triple H is taking over creative, which is uh, actually the big pop. Everyone's pretty excited about that. So uh, yeah, because he we'll was he was to, the one that. Uh, that built in NXT into what it was and Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura and all those guys and Keith Lee and Adam Cole and all were the champions. So it's Which uh, are all now AEW. Yeah, so, <laughs> so. We, we might actually have two good mainstream wrestling shows again. That'd be amazing. For the first time since the nineties. So but you know, there's more to life than just mainstream wrestling and um Absolutely. You know, in the next, um, uh, um, not this weekend, but the following weekend, Nathan, there's another big uh, indie death match happening up in North Carolina. Reedsville, North Carolina, to be exact. It is the first show of the brand new Sinister Wrestling Society. It is headed up by uh, Raven Havoc, who I can't think of anyone I trust more to be throwing uh, death match shows. The same one that used to do Unholy Warfare. And August the 6th at the National Guard Armory in Reedsville, North Carolina, we're going to have an amazing show, an incredibly violent and bloody show. Uh, Mouse and uh, Corey Bryant are doing death bats. Brad Cash and Aiden Blackheart and Will Bannon are, I'm not sure what a pick your poison match is, but it's going to be, no one Brad mm-hmm. is going to be something disturbing. The last time, we, the last time I called one of his matches up there, he hit someone with a shark tooth bat. And it looked like a shark had taken a bite out of, uh, out of uh, oh, God, Herzog's back. It was, it was Herzog, disgusting. yeah. <laughs> it was disgusting in the best possible way. Seriously, uh, it was, uh, like, perfect, like, bite mark, uh, Aaron. Like, I, I've never seen an injury like that in death matches. And believe me, I've seen all sorts of injuries, including the oh, last time I was at a show, someone dropped uh, firecrackers down someone's butt crack. So, uh, oh, my <laughs> God. Know, yeah, <laughs> and, and that guy, the hardcore hillbilly who got his ass blown up, is also going to be there in a sharp shit death match with the TPW champion Travis Dykes. Uh, J.W. Dalton's going to be there in St. Lane. Terry Houston, Saradoc's going to be there doing a barefoot match of Dalton Creed. More Remington Roar and Raven Havoc are doing something called an as above, so below death match. I don't know. <laughs> what hell, I don't know what the hell that is. But I'm excited to find out. So come and join us, and oh, yes, there will be blood. Just uh, if you're in the in the area, you know. I say if you're within driving distance, but if you live in the continental United States and have a car, technically you are in driving distance. So everyone <laughs> to uh, Reedville, North Carolina, August 6th. Join us for the debut of Sinister Wrestling Society. Uh, Raven Havoc has a um, a rel- relatively large fan base, actually. They're very devoted, um, and they follow him wherever he goes. Um, and 
and so I love, and I had him on the show last year. Uh, so I really support this guy. He's a badass. I've watched him jump in the ring and help someone that got injured on the fly many times. Uh, you know, he, 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 he's, he's really the consummate professional. So his shows are great. They're, they're everything you'd want them to be in death matches, uh, in wrestling. Uh, I do recommend wearing eyewear, protective eyewear, especially for your children at his shows because they are indoors. Um, but, uh, other than that, uh, go, go, go check out his shows and, uh, it's a cheap date. Uh, you know, <laughs> you don't have to pay very much to get in at all and get you have, you have v- are the different levels of VIP at uh, 25 and 50, but front row seats are 15 bucks. The rest of them are 10 bucks. I mean, you can't beat that. That's a, that's a cheap night of entertainment. And it's the most violent thing you'll ever see that you won't have to testify about later. <laughs> are you commentating <laughs> or are you ring announcing? Uh, I am going to be on commentary for this show. Ah, uh-huh, excellent. Oh, nice. So, so excellent. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, well, we're done. We caught up with everything. Uh, was there anything we had missed? I'm trying to think. I keep thinking I'm missing something before we move on to San Diego. Um, what have you been? What have you been watching since last we spoke, Mister Co- Mr. Cogan? Oh gosh, you know, I did kind of this weird little immerse myself in all things geeky uh so not a lot of new stuff um uh did finish up uh star trek stranger things which i'm really really sad that i can't share with the both of you um and uh there is some talk of moving some things over from paramount plus um uh to give you just a little preview of comic-con I attended the Roddenberry Entertainment Panel, and it looks like we're going to get Star Trek Prodigy coming to Nickelodeon soon. Um, But some of the best Trek is going on right now, and it's really a flip of the coin uh, as to whether or not uh, Strange New Worlds or the animated Lower Decks is my favorite Trek right now that's going on. Um, We got some big news, which we'll cover in – comic-con news coming up but um in addition to watching the end of stranger new worlds which had a hell of good cliffhanger for the next season and it looks like we're getting two new seasons have been approved of stranger new worlds uh natalie and i my wife and i have been binging all sorts of geeky things we're doing a star trek movie-a-thon we're doing a bond-a-thon and just came up to the Roger Moore years with Live and Let Die. We did an right. Invader Zim <laughs> marathon. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, I was kind of, you know, prior to Comic-Con, kind of marinating myself, basting myself with the nerdy <laughs> goodness. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I did catch up on one thing. Uh, I forgot to mention uh, the Evil Jesus and I finished the last three seasons of, of Lucifer that we were behind on Ooh. because cause in prep for the new Sandman uh, TV show coming out next month. So right. uh, so we are caught up with Lucifer, uh, which is a, pretty much a standard like who done it, but with angels and devils. It's actually kind of fun. Uh, it was a, it's a fun it's a fun easy light hearted watch. 
not really very heavy. Um, weird music, but you know, if you watch Westworld, it's not any worse than that. I did start watching Westworld, though I'm only two episodes in and utterly confused already. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I have no problems with the nonlinear storytelling, and I'm confused already. Uh, so mm. that tells you something. Oh, and Rick and Morty is announced their new season comes back in early September. So it's even six. So yeah, a lot to look forward to. Woohoo. So yeah. but but there's but wait, there's more. That's because of course with San Diego Comic Con uh being <laughs> that's our that's my theme for our San Diego Comic Con coverage. Uh, this was the first that. San Diego Comic Con since 2019, which I was at. I attended the last in-person one. Um, since then, the COVID shut down two years, and then last year was virtual. This year, we it is back with the vengeance. And Aaron, as always, you were in attendance, correct? Indeed. I haven't missed one of these in a dog's age. And uh, I like to joke that I would gladly and happily give up my birthday, Hanukkah, and Christmas in trade for attending Comic-Con because it's just the best. Well, and speaking of the best, uh, would you? what would you, before we get into details, what would you rate overall this year's show? Um, well... As you say, this is the first real one in three years. We had uh, a virtual one that was actually pretty good considering the limitations. And then we had the Black Friday weird post-Thanksgiving, sort of kind of almost half of it kind of done last year. And that it just had no participation by any of the big names, really. Um, so, you know, on grading on a curve, it was tremendous. Uh, this year, uh, the theme was definitely, hey, we're back. Uh, you could not attend a panel without somebody yelling that at the beginning. It really was the how you do in San Diego of panel openers this year. But, um, you know, putting the cynicism aside, yeah, we're back. And it's pretty fucking fantastic, yo. Uh, all the big names were there. Uh, literally... There wasn't a single fandom that didn't have breaking news coming out of it. Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, DC, you name it. Uh, horror, fantasy, science fiction, gaming. Uh, and, and even though I'm, I, I was kind of surprised that we're seeing news like Rick and Morty's uh, season thing uh, coming uh, this week rather than at Comic-Con, still it was chock-a-block. You, you had to make some serious choices about what panels you wanted to see, because there was stuff going on at the same time. Ozzy Osbourne! Ozzy Osbourne was there, autographing, uh, alongside um, the creator of Spawn, whose name suddenly slipped my mind. Um, This brand new, gorgeous pinball machine, which I posted pictures of. Um, Yeah, just insane and incredible. I would give it at, at least an A this year. Uh, I listened to the um, unofficial San Diego Comic-Con blog, which is probably the quintessential podcast when it comes to uh, uh, San Diego. 
and they gave their 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 top five favorite things and top five, you know favorite worst things. And they said this year though, the only thing that they thought was lacking is some. It was some of the panels were canceled at the last minute, and nobody knew about them. Um, yeah. Or were virtual and weren't warned about, and people would stand in line for hours as they normally do at the Great Lining uh, or QCon, as I used to call it, um, and then get there <laughs> to only find out that it's video screens. Um, I would be a little disappointed yeah. too on that. Um, but they they said they did that back um, to us at WonderCon too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I understand that, um, but they said that Hall H was walk-in for most of the show which is amazing. That never happens. Um, I also noticed that uh, the cosplay was really good this year. Um, I, I didn't think it was as exceptional as pa- past years, and I, I don't think there was as much of it as in past years, but what there was there was solid. And um, the masquerade, which is a tradition going back, oh, God, I don't even know how long that goes back. Uh, the masquerade entries, nothing really bowled me over this year. Uh, there was a very solid Hydra Buster uh, from the uh, What If, the animated What If Marvel. But um, and there, there were a couple good pieces. Uh, there was a group of Sanderson brothers uh, doing yeah. a little... Uh, gender reverse fang from Hocus Pocus, and they did a fun uh, musical number. And uh, other than that, there, there really wasn't that much to write home about vis-a-vis oh. uh, well, the masquerade. And the Variety yeah. dropped their, their pictures, and their pictures looked pretty amazing. Um, you know, so I thought it was pretty good, but maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe next year it'll get, it'll get better. But I'm Maybe going I'm to let you, you could be, you've been there a minute. So, but let's go ahead and you start where you want to start. And when you get to the end, stop. All right. I guess we can do that. Um, well, as we were talking about, uh, for a lot of people, it's all about the panels. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get into a couple of them. I did spend most of Saturday, well, maybe not most of, but a lot of hours uh, waiting to get into Hall H for Marvel and the fire marshal shut my dream down and I did not get into Saturday when they had the Star Trek panel and the, um, the, the Dragons panel and the Marvel MCU panel. And that was the, the biggest news probably of all. Uh, Kevin Feige came out and basically laid out what Marvel's going to be doing for the next phase, and uh, it's pretty impressive. I did get into the Roddenberry Entertainment. Rod Roddenberry, Gene's son, uh, is heading up the company and is basically executive producer on everything official Star Trek right now. And that was a good, solid, fun panel. Uh, mostly looking forward a little bit, reminiscing on stuff. My big bit of trivia that uh, I geeked out over, uh, the ship in Star Trek Lower Decks is the Cerritos. And it was almost the San Diego. And that was a little bit of information that I had not read or heard anywhere before. So that was kind of cool. The Archer panel, 
was a little somber this year, of course. Uh, we lost uh, the great lady who played Mallory Archer on the show earlier this year. And uh, so everyone had a little, Jessica Walters, thank you, uh, a little memory of her. And, and it was, I, I wouldn't say, okay, maybe somber is too, too, uh, too strong, but it was definitely not as joyous and rambunctious. Although, how can you not love talking about explaining what a rusty trombone is to to Jessica Walters? Um, <laughs> that kind of stuff still tickles me, and damn it. So it was a little bit wake, a, a little somber maybe. Um, we did get to see the first episode of the new season where Archer – goes to a convention, a spy convention, and the promotional T-shirt they passed out to us at the end was uh, the logo for the con, the the spy con. So that's kind of cool. Um, the other panel uh, that really uh, was impressive was the Marvel animated panel. And believe it or not, this was Marvel's very first animation panel at Comic-Con, which kind of blew me away. And uh, they laid out all the stuff coming. Uh, It's a really impressive slate that they're going. I think probably the biggest oohs and ahs from the fan, and it was was a full hall. Uh, It wasn't Indigo Ballroom. Which one was it, honey? Do you remember? Uh, not Hall H, the oh ball, uh, Ballroom 20, the, which is the second biggest one. And it was that's, to that's the That's my favorite room in all of San Diego. I don't blame Ballroom you. 20. I don't blame you a bit. And um, the stuff they were showing us was amazeballs. Um, uh, as I say, Spider-Man freshman year got the biggest oohs and ahs. I think maybe the fan favorite was the return of X-Men 97. And uh, – the the new uh, little Groot shorts are just hella cute. Uh, they showed us uh, an episode of that. Um, yeah, Natalie uh, mentioned uh, What If coming back. Uh, what If was really well done. We got to see uh, what if uh, Captain Carter had to fight the Hydra Buster. And it was pretty damn well done. Um, if, if you're a fan of the What Ifs, as, as I am, the book, uh, this was a solid episode. We also found out that we are getting a Marvel Zombies spinoff, so that's going to be fun. Um, yeah, the Baby Groot series, uh, the shorts, uh, we're getting a five-episode season. They're shorts, and they're really darling. Uh, and they announced and they greenlit, uh, I think, two more seasons, wasn't it? At least at least one. Um, uh I guess the biggest news as far as panels go was Shatner on Shatner uh, looking in the media. And once again, um, I don't think I should be allowed to ask questions at panels because things always blow up for some reason. I I got to ask, uh, it might've even been the last question. It was certainly one of the last questions and yeah, Bill Shatner is, Hmm. Kevin Smith, who was hosting the panel, uh, said 
he is irascible, and and that's kind of a nice way of putting it. He's a bit of an asshole. Uh, if, if you've listened to stories from uh, Will Wheaton and some of the other cast members or even random fans, he, he's got to stick up his ass for some reason. And so I asked him if there were any actors or performances post the original series that really hit him. You know, it really made an impact on him that, that, that he felt were exceptional. And he said, no, nah, there's no other Star Trek, but, but the original series. And, and uh, part of it was, you know, Kevin Smith pitching slow, underhanded pitches to him over the plate that he could be that kind of character, that, that kind of churlish, grumpy old dude. Like after um, Kevin said something about freaking out about uh, Captain Kirk saying fuck, uh, he had to goad him into saying, uh, say, say fuck Star Wars. And he did. And then the, the mainstream press is reporting it. Uh, William Shatner says fuck Star Wars. Well, yeah, okay, but you missed the context on that. But on the other hand, he did kind of trash New Trek and said that Gene Roddenberry would be, quote, rolling in his grave. That and made honestly, it go, I, on the internet all over the place. Like, right? That, that, that gave me more than the fuck Star Wars. Trending so. for two or three days on the Twitter tweet, tweet, tweet. And I was there in person, and I honestly can't tell you how much of that is Bill Shatner being the character of Bill Shatner and how much of him is just an asshole. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, I can tell all the kids, hey, I saw Captain Kirk say, fuck Star Wars. So there's that. Um, Kevin Smith also showed stuff from uh, Clerks 3, and I have a love-hate relationship with Kevin Smith's work. Love him to death, but the work, mm, hit and miss sometimes. And this actually looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there was also a, a quick stop set up downtown and a movies where they were handing out vegetarian burgers. And um, I guess we should probably talk about the stuff outside con because this year that was huge. I, I would definitely easily give an A to the outside the con stuff. Um, there was a hall set up for Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, that was just insane. You could uh, go inside a gelatinous cube. You, uh, there was a dragon breathing fire overhead, and the building shook. And uh, they made some special drink that some famous TikToker did the recipe for. And, uh, gosh, everybody had uh, a, a thing set up. Um, there was a resident alien outside thing. There was a Chucky thing where you could take your picture inside the, the box. Um, uh, I guess the, the thing that I, I should really stress to people who don't get tickets is there's still fun stuff to do downtown. Uh, and this year, more so than ever, I would say. Uh, so, uh, you, but you did get into some Hall H panels, right? You were at the What We Do in the Shadows panel, right? What We Do in the Shadows was a lot of fun. They showed us the whole episode of The Night Market early, and uh, I won't give any spoilers. But, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it was hella fun, and to see it 
with like-minded fans, some of whom are, are cosplaying as, as uh, cast members, uh, characters rather from the show. And then with the, uh, the cast members, it's just a whole nother level. Um, that, that might be my favorite element of Comic-Con that you just can't reproduce anywhere else. Um, the, let's see, I'm trying to think if there were any panel or any secrets dropped. We talked uh, with the director. Um, we talked a lot about where the show is going this season. And uh, a big thing, uh, of course, is Guillermo's arc. And uh, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Uh, they made mention that the theme this season might just be family and love, and which sounds a little cheesy, but in the context of the panel, uh, really was quite nice. Um, they had a tremendous uh, FX presence outside the con where you could uh, get a computer captured and put into Nadja's uh, nightclub. Uh, they gave us a really cool uh, little fan gift T-shirt with uh, Nadja's logo and face in neon on it as we uh, left Hall H. Uh, what else? I'm looking at my notes right now. Oh, merch. Can't talk about the con without merch. Um, oh. <laughs> How was the, the merch this year? I oh, heard there was actually a God. lack of exclusives, and I know there was an issue with the exclusives panel this year. Um, so, but I also know that the one pe- people that did bring exclusives knocked it out of the park. Like NECA and Funko both had amazing <laughs> exclusives. So talk about mm-hmm. the merch. <laughs> NECA and Funko had some great stuff. The Funko panel. Uh, from now on, I'm going to have to make a note to try and hit the Funko panel. I went and uh, did the blood drive because that's my, my thing. Uh, I, I have now given two and a half gallons, working on my third, <laughs> just at Comic-Cons. And um, unfortunately, I didn't stay for the Funko panel, which had some uh, guest celebrities even. Um, uh, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, our latest Ahsoka Tano uh, in the live. Rosario Dawson. Thank you. And um, <laughs> yeah, gave out uh, some tickets, which you went to the prize uh, claim room, and then you saw which Funkos you got. And there's a really nice Demigorgon in there that I'm kind of sorry I missed out on. Um, as far as my personal merch <laughs> purchases, I did get a couple Funko, a couple Star Wars Funko, because apparently I'm now part of the cult. Uh, <laughs> I got a I really nice. Oh God, I tried so hard and for so long <laughs> to avoid. No, I know. futile. <laughs> God damn, it's so true. I'm 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 a corporate slut, and they they know me. They they know they know their their marks. And and I am they. Uh, they had a couple exclusives, so I got a, a really nice uh, sort of uh, almost impressionistic Darth Vader. And uh, oh oh, a geek Tiki, who I adore. I, I do collect Tiki uh, mugs too. And the funny thing is, for both the Funkos and the Tikis, I collect the same thing. I collect horror and I collect Star Wars. 
And Geek Tiki has some amazing, beautiful Star Wars work. Um, I took photos of some of the stuff that's coming that they cleverly put on their back wall. But then I got, uh, do you remember the stack of uh, Stormtrooper helmets, almost like skulls from Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, that? Yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember that, uh, sure. They, they have a stack of, of those in a giant tiki mug with a, a beautiful stirrer, and I dropped 85 bucks on that, but damn it, I had it to have it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the question is, is where the fuck you're going to put it in your house? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> Isn't that the problem yeah, thanks. we all have with collectibles at this point? She's listening in. Uh, Ixnay on the uh, on the where it's going. A. Um, I also picked up a Hot Wheel Razor Crest with a, a little exclusive bar of Beskar. And goddamn, if they didn't do a great job in the packaging. And if uh, anyone wants to see this silliness, I'm. I'm posting it all on my Facebook page and uh, I'll double up and put it on the sexy witches page too. Um, Giveaways were pretty good this year after uh, the Thanksgiving black Friday one, having virtually nothing. Uh, There were some great posters. Um, I I didn't unfortunately follow the Eisners this year. I, I was running everywhere and then trying to get into Hall H Saturday was a whole nightmare process of uh, staying out till <laughs> 11 p.m. only to find out that half of the volunteers didn't show up to hand out wristbands. And so Man. what we thought would be a 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. shift turned into a 1 p.m. and then come back at 7 a.m. or lose your spot uh, deal. So... Yeah, wristbands weren't uh, handed out finally till 1 a.m. in the morning, and then you had to come back at 7 a.m. to line up. Uh, that was actually one of the San Diego uh, unofficial blog's biggest complaints. They said the wristband system didn't work this year. And they said the wristbands were also chintzy and didn't really hold up to water, which is a problem because you have to wear some of them for days. Uh, so You're right. Um, yeah. One of the, the people I was with, her COVID band uh, fell off. And uh, I know she wasn't supposed to, but she taped it back on because uh, it was easier than going through the whole process of uh, getting certified again. Yeah, so, (laughs) so, (laughs) as he coughs. (laughs) Oh, man, I hope you don't get COVID because that would suck. Um, That would suck mightily. No, I I think I'm good. Not good. The ultimate con, Fred. So, uh, Ooh, so you're not kidding. Yeah, no. I, at this point, it's endemic. It's everywhere. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I've been wearing my mask because you know as much as possible. But you know, it, it is what it is at this point. Um, you know, uh, but uh, so you, you, you did well in the merch. 
and you went to some panels, and we talked about the cosplay. Is there any? Let's talk about some of the news that came out of Comic Con. Um, I wanted you to talk a bit about the Dungeons and Dragons because you mentioned the the outdoor installation was pretty off the chain. Uh, a, a lot of people seemed really excited about about this particular property. I'm always a little nervous because every time they do a Dungeons and Dragons thing, with the exceptions of the '80s cartoon, which also came in in the news um yeah uh, most of it's been really bad uh <laughs> no one's ever really captured dungeons and dragons as as a fun fantasy romp but this one looks like it actually has potential uh you hit it right on the head and again um you know grading on a curve uh fans are unexpectedly excited about this one uh, it, it actually looks like it could be fun um I, it was a Hall H presentation, and uh, their outside, like I said, was really well done. Um, you um, all right? They had, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I keep getting uh, a little cough here. Oh, no. Like, I keep hitting mute so you don't have to hear it. <laughs> Didn't the stand start like this? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. No, we don't need it's, it's Mr. Not, Trips. It's not Captain Trips, I promise. Um, they had uh, a nice presence on the floor, too. You could uh, take your picture with your face uh, shoved coming out of a gelatinous cube. And um, they had a – I don't know if, if, if it was for sale or if it was just previewed there, but they have a really nice-looking uh, gelatinous cube toy coming out, too. I, I took pictures of that I'll, I'll post to the Sexy Witches page. Um, let's see. Um, Lego um, had some really nice stuff to it, too. Um, they had a giant Mighty Bowser from Super Mario Brothers, 14 feet tall, four tons. Uh, <laughs> they used 700,000 Lego bricks to build it. Uh, that was a, a really fun booth and a lot of people taking their pictures with that. Um, Chainsaw Man uh, had some really good buzz at the con, too. They had a nice presence on the floor, and apparently it's got uh, enough of a following uh, from uh, anime fans that uh, the latest iteration is going to do well. Um, Amazon uh, really pushing Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, and so far, first looks, everybody says it's it's looking really uh, good. Um, there were lots of panels. Uh, the big one, of course, was the one with uh, Stephen Colbert uh, moderating the panel. But uh, there's the One Ring dot net that had more scholarly stuff, and um, I, I, that's another part of Comic-Con that we, we should talk about, that while there are tons of panels with celebrities and uh, from the studios, there's also a bunch of stuff that's just, you know, fans from the heart doing their thing, and then um, there's this subgenre panel that's kind of weird where they've got a psychologist and or sociologist talking about various aspects 
Um, and, and the one that's, that's always weird to me that I've never actually sat in on yet, but one of these days I might have to just to see what's going down, is lawyers addressing legal aspects of uh, oh. comic book properties and what have you. You know, who actually plays when Godzilla trashes Tokyo kind of things? And, it, I, 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 you know, there's so much to do. It's, it's hard to break away from that stuff, to check it out. But one of these days, I'm gonna, because uh, it, it's there every year, year after year. Um, the other thing, uh, on the second floor, kind of in between the two floors of uh, the main building, uh, are a lot of uh, fan organizations like the 501st. The 501st is probably the most famous. Uh, there are a bunch of Star Wars fans uh, that... Uh, dress in impeccable costumes and do really fine charity work like uh, children's hospitals and what have you. And then they have a, they have a big event here in Atlanta because with uh, Dragon Con. Oh right, of course. Um, also, uh, they do occasionally make the news, uh, like when they were filming Mandalorian and didn't have enough stormtrooper costumes. The call went out. And a few of them actually ended up in the series. Well, I mean, they're kind of a built-in audience, right? Automatically. Oh, yeah. And they build their own shit. Um, See, yeah. um, Let's see. The news that came out, the best um, off-site, the award went to the Dungeons & Dragons, by the way, off-site. Not just for... Not the prize. not just for installation, um, it also got a, a, a kudos for its line management because everyone who got into that line got oh. to see something. And um, uh, top booth this year was Funko, um, and um, mm-hmm. everyone said that the smaller vendors made a killing this year because there was because um, some of the bigger vendors didn't have exclusives, so a lot of people were going to the smaller vendors um, and buying stuff, which is nice actually to hear that that you know the small the small yeah. batch of comics stuff got a lot of notice, um, but a lot of people like. But the biggest complaints this year that was coming was the the lottery system was all fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. The wristband system was all fucked up, um, which I'm mm-hmm. sure that it might just be because they weren't back. Um, and um, and then the, the the canceled panels. The most the biggest complaint on the canceled panels I heard was the Chucky panel being canceled as people were sitting down. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And that's kind of the same because I really was looking forward to hearing news from that panel as well uh, because the new Chucky show is so off the chain. Um, but those were the – And the next know, season looks so great. Oh, it does, right? It absolutely yeah. looks great. Um, so, you know, and they, they've hired a bunch of awesome actors to be in this year, this season. Uh, so – Yes. You know, but it is what it is. You know, uh, I I I I would say that you know maybe it's just uh, you know not growing pains. It's not the but maybe re-growing pains because it's been a couple of years. Uh, adapting to the world of, of post-COVID. You're right. Yeah, You're absolutely getting, right. Getting back on the wagon. So uh, yeah, yeah, and and then you know we also as part of post-COVID land, um, you know it, we're not going to have the smooth. Uh, being able to purchase whatever you want whenever you want, uh, as we had in the before four times. Uh, I can't tell you how many times 
I heard from a vendor it's it's stuck on a ship. Uh, you'll 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 be able to get it uh, on the website after and stuff like that. But again, as as you alluded to, lots of vendors saying, "Oh yeah, that that sold out. We're we're out of that. That went." I'm happy to say, I wish I had more. So um, it's a mixed bag as far as that go. Uh, my goes, favorite, right? my, my favorite exclusives I saw from the were, were two from the NECA booth. One was that gorgeous, and a friend of ours bought it. Um, the gorgeous thing um, poster. Uh, action figure from mm-hmm. this Carpenter's uh-huh. movie. Oh my God, so gorgeous. And it lights up too, which is like amazing. Um, oh and man, Simple if Danny, I'd known it lights up. It lights up. I would have bought one if I'd known that. It was only it 50 lights. bucks. I didn't know that. Uh, well, they're not $50 anymore. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um, true. Um, and uh, Sybil Danny had a NECA figure from Battle Beyond the Stars and was signing them there. I was like, if you weren't yeah. in line trying to get into Hall H, I really wanted you to go see if you could get one for me. I really, really wanted that. Um, I love Sybil Danny and I love the Valkyrie from ba- Battle Beyond the Stars is one of my sentimental favorite movies. So uh, I was really excited movie. here. Um, and uh, Bruce Campbell was also signing uh, stuff this year at San Diego, which was awesome. Um, And Joe, Bob, and Darcy hosted a panel at the last minute. Um, I don't know what they were doing there, but apparently they canceled on one con and went to San Diego. So (laughs) there there was pictures of them there. Go ahead. I don't know why they canceled the the other panel, and they were very apologetic about it. Um, But, yeah, she was uh, posting on, on Twitter that she was uh, doing this thing, and um, we decided to do a masquerade instead. In hindsight, maybe I should have done the panel instead. But uh, there were a lot of uh, people. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say B-lister actors, but you know, there were there were a lot of actors that you haven't seen in major stuff for a while there um, in person and zooming in, and it looked like a fun panel. Um, the other uh, big panel uh, as far as uh, comic books and uh, uh, comic book movies was uh, DC, and they had their Black Adam and Shazam Fury of the Gods uh, oh, yeah. premiere, and those looked really good from what I finally saw online afterwards. And uh, The Rock actually came out in costume and uh, I'm really interested to see what they do with an anti-hero like Black Adam. Um, uh, I know the studios are probably pushing to make him more friendly and less. Black Adam has done some messed up shit, yo. Um, (laughs) He's a murderer. (laughs) So, I'm always interested to see how they walk that line, and uh, I will definitely be there. I am one of the uh, few people who really liked Shazam and saw it in the theater, so I'll be there when Shazam 2 comes out, too, Fury of the Gods. Shazam was, Shazam was awesome. 
Yeah. yeah, and, and B.J. McDonald, who, uh, you know, directed Studio 666 this year and was the drone camera operator on the FPU movies, uh, mm. um, did the drone operations for Shazam. So, you know, uh, so any, right any drone camera, so, uh, you know, uh, so there's there's FP Universe connections to the Shazam movies. So absolutely right. going to support them. Uh, so I don't know if you worked on the new one or not. I'll have to look it up. But, uh, you know, uh, it, so yeah, I, I thought Shazam was actually the best of the DC movies to come out in the last few years. I'm still not a Snyderverse yeah. person. I I, I try, yeah. as you know, but I can't love the Snyderverse. And now that the Flash is you. a freak, but you know, too bad because I kind of well, like Ezra Miller as the Flash. But oh well. <laughs> yeah, and that of course uh, is the other thing is you know uh, it kind of made news that the Flash and uh, the Aquaman sequel weren't there. It's like, uh, uh, you know. That was a big complaint that San Diego blog said that Warner Brothers had a surprisingly lack of presence at San Diego this year. Yeah. Well, you know, they're they're tiptoeing around Ezra Miller, and they're tiptoeing around, um, what's her name, Amber Heard. Because uh, they're kind of working towards persona non grata in Hollywood. Um, and, you know, what do you do when you have st- vehicles like that where they're at the head? You, you Apparently, if you're Warner Brothers, you don't show shit at Comic-Con with them. I guess not. Uh, you know, but, you know, they're going to have to eventually. They can't undermarket these movies or they're going to lose money. So, uh, you know. Um, well, the alternative. I'm sorry, I was going to say the alternative is they throw it up on uh, HBO uh, and HBO Max, and uh, they will lose money if they do that. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see. Um, the big news for uh, Marvel, in addition to uh, laying out what the future holds, uh, is the immediate future, Wakanda Forever. And the trailer for that uh busted all records when it finally hit uh, the internet the day after. And um, I still haven't watched it. Nathan said it was awesome. I've been kind of afraid to. It is. It is. And, well, I mean, there, there's a lot going on there. But obviously, you know, the, the hit of losing Chadwick Boseman is just insane. Um, and the teaser trailer did everything right as far as that goes. That, tra- um, but, that trailer is, you know, just out of the stuff I've seen come out of San Diego, it's probably the best thing I saw come out of any of the trailers. Yeah, hard to argue with you there. And it doesn't hurt that we got our first look at Namor, uh, right. the Submariner. <laughs> Didn't Mordok get announced as a villain for one of the movies coming up? Yes, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be a little weird because... Modoc's got kind of a, a computerized face, which he's never had in the comic books or the um, the series, which I loved, and unfortunately is not getting a second. Uh, we still haven't heard yet if we're getting a, a new season of Hit Monkey. But again, if you've got the Hulu, I highly recommend you take a look at Hit Monkey and you take a look at Modoc. That's what I forgot to mention. We watched The Boys. Oh, the Boys yeah, are finished. Right. 
Speaking of Modoc, because Modoc is also on Prime. Uh, it was as good as the first two seasons. Uh, you know, a little bit more on the nose, actually. Um, a little. But, okay, <laughs> a lot. But but it was still like a lot of fun, and I I mean the boys, you know, all the the stuff that's coming from Amazon when it comes to their anti-hero, uh, you know, comic book variant shows like Modoc mm-hmm. and and Invincible and the boys have always been pretty solid, solid. Um, and uh, I mean I'll 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 go back for more always. Well, one know? thing I want to <laughs> I want to say about the boys because you know I usually root for the bad guy. In everything, mm. in the horror movies, every, I'm, I'm usually the cheer in the heel. But they did something that is very, very rare and managed to create a villain that I legitimately detest. Nice. So, well done. Like the, the 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 character work in this new season is outstanding. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, Homelander. Oh my god, I was surprised not to see more cosplay of the boys at Comic-Con. Uh, I saw one or two, some people were doing the new character that the Supernatural guy was doing, uh, but Soldier mm. Boy. I saw a couple Soldier right. Boys, but I didn't see, I, didn't, I only saw one Homelander, and it was a guy dressed, uh, he was dressed as as uh, Carl Urban, and his baby was dressed as Homelander, which right. I... That's a shot that I took. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which... Uh, Really, a baby as Homelander is a little bit terrifying <laughs> on some level, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so, well, uh, my, yeah. my favorite political story the past couple of weeks uh, was, and, and I, I didn't delve into it, but just uh, conservatives really upset that Homelander's a villain. <laughs> it's like, uh, what yeah. are you watching exactly, dude? Like, yeah, I, know, I saw that, you know. I was gonna say it was that guy. That, run, Forrest, run! I thought that would be your favorite one of the of, of oh, the recent. That's up at the top. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I created a oh, the shot and right now up. I'm running for my life. Ah, you know. Uh, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. You just might get it. Uh, so anyway, we will go into that. But you know, I'm sure that you know you're one of these people that like, and when it comes to politics, you probably have your popcorn out for every hearing and you know, oh, much, much, fuck much. yes. Yeah, but yeah, I actually posted. Um, I posted like uh, the dozen or so popcorns that we bought just so I could watch for that, uh, watch the hearings. And actually, one of the hearings happened while I was at Comic Con, so I still have to catch up on that. Um, getting back to Comic Con, though, yeah, um, we did find out <laughs> that um, yeah, because we, we should probably talk about that more than politics. Although I could, um, we found out that uh, the gentleman uh, who directed Shang Chi. Uh, uh, Cretton, Destin Daniel Cretton is going to be uh, doing Avengers the Kang Dynasty and yeah, also he found that? out nice well um, there's a couple different theories going on uh, Kevin Feige uh, said that he sees the Avengers film and actually um, some of the press and some of the fans were going wait a second we're only going to get two Avengers films in, in this next uh, uh, bit of uh, the the MCU, and he he said 
yeah, it's going to be the Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and uh, Avengers Secret Wars. I and we're going to get Secret Wars, which I'm not yeah. that surprised on. I figured eventually we'd get a Secret Wars movie. Well, yeah, but then you know we had Captain Marvel making the scroll all nice and sympathetic, so a lot of us were going, huh? That's how that's supposed to go, is it? Well, so, well do, you, um, do you think instead of doing the scroll secret invasion thing, we might be doing the whole, since we're setting up the multiverse anyway, doing it more of the incursions, Doctor Doom, Battle World, Secret Wars? God bless. I would love it if they did. And Kevin Feige's that's where, that's name. I think we're going with it. So. He, he said um, in his explanation is, you know, those were, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact phrase he used, something like, those were end caps. Um, and, uh, they, you know, we had uh, smaller uh, um, film, films coming out, more character-driven over longer periods of time, and now we have a lot more films hitting you all the time, and it's not the same. But um, one of the factors he mentioned uh, in in why we're switching to this new uh, this new formula is that we've got characters incoming from Fox from other things, including and he name dropped Fantastic Four, yes. who are the nemesis of Doctor Doom, and he mentioned Deadpool, yo. So um, uh, the prospect yeah. of Deadpool, he. The, the, the man himself, Kevin Feige himself, said the word Deadpool. God damn it. Um, I'm so excited at the prospect of Deadpool joining the MCU. Uh, I, yeah, that would be amazeballs. Um, but um, the other thing that he mentioned that I thought was really interesting is that the the canvas that the studio has to paint all this stuff at, has changed so dramatically, including uh, Disney Plus. So it, I'm, I'm glad to see that there is a holistic approach to this all, that it's all being planned uh, with an eye to everything fitting everything else and uh, things that the left hand is doing uh, fitting seamlessly with what the right is crafting. Uh, we're going to get a Wonder Man series for Disney Plus and um, uh, well, one of the... More, we're getting more Daredevil, too. Yes, we are. Yeah. And um, uh, Mr. Cox is not only going to be in the new Daredevil series, he's also going to be in the She-Hulk Attorney at Law series, and he's going to be voicing... Um, in some of the Disney animated stuff. So that's pretty damn right. cool. I like them to use the uh, the real actors for that. And um, She-Hulk uh, was totally redeemed, apparently, at San Diego Comic-Con. The new trailer was completely over, yeah. um, you know, after people saw, saw the first trailer and were like, what? But this one, everyone <laughs> seemed to love it. And uh, Disney Plus just dropped, uh, uh, announced at Comic-Con that they're dropping all the R-rated stuff on Disney Plus. Yeah. So, so you know, much to the parents' council uh, <laughs> chagrin, 
they can go fuck themselves, but I love it when they yeah. piss people off. But I also want to point out, in other countries, there is no Hulu, and Disney Plus is where you get that stuff. So, uh, you, know, right you know, it's only our country where they, for some reason, have two separate apps with everything on it. Because uh, we're so, <laughs> Yeah, well, so, so the parents-teachers' council I... can go fuck themselves as usual. So. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Also, they announced, um, and I don't remember where or how, but uh, Disney Plus is going to get uh, the old ABC series Dinosaurs that yes! uh, Jim Henson did. Well, that's kind of cool. Show. That was one of my dad's favorite. That, and for some reason, he loved Elf. God love him. So I'm going to have to check uh, those I, out. I love the original Dinosaurs show so much, but I'll tell you, that finale absolutely wrecked me. Brutal. Wrecked Brutal. me. Oh, oh. my God. I, I, I still am scarred from that finale. <laughs> Even though, if you, in hindsight, it makes total sense why they went that way. It, it's actually logical, but still. Huh. Oh, my God. You want to just punch gut a bunch of fans. There you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> So, I know. so I should probably maybe introduce Levy to Dinosaurs and let her rewatch it because it was the last great Jim Henson property. It really was. So you know, I hope it gets a whole new thing, a uh, whole new group of fans. So um, anything, else we, anything else we need to talk about? Because like, I mean, you could talk about San Diego Comic Con for several podcasts sometimes. But, oh, you know, I, I, yeah, it's true. We could go on all night. There is one thing I should mention. Um, uh, I, I got to see Lloyd Kaufman in person. Oh yeah, I mentioned that we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I said that. Um, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name. The gentleman who did Tromeo uh, did. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Keen did such a great uh, Im- impersonation of him, and he got a big laugh at- out of that, and he said, yeah, you know, he was the first one to do it, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you, so you told him that we had him on the show. Yes. That's awesome. So, in a weird way, Lloyd Kaufman is aware of sexy witches, but this makes my day. Exactly Thank right. You. Exactly. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. All roads lead to Lloyd Kaufman, or away from him, depending on the situation. Uh, so, um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I saw that picture of you and Lloyd standing together, all covered up with your Rona mask. So uh, I'm assuming yeah, he's, yeah. He, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore either. Neither is you know. Exactly you're talking right. about grumpy old men. Bill Shatner is ninety. Two now is that 91. right? Ninety one. He said, he said so, it at least ten times. Yeah. <laughs> so so you know he is an old man. You know yelling at clouds. Yeah. So we you know we got to give him a pass. So a little the bit. other thing um, that you know no one's talking about is during the course of the things uh, the the guy in before me questioning uh, asked Shatner what planet he would want to visit and. That got into a whole, you know, there are no other planets thing um, that he wanted to rant about. Shatner said something about the moon being hollow. And all of us waiting in line looked at each other and went, I don't know, man. I don't know. But God bless him, you know, because no one else will. William Shatner, 91 years old, thinks the moon is hollow and NASA is going to prove it for him. Okay. 
Okay. Hey, that's what that's what happens when you are a big enough celebrity to have access and the funds for the really good drugs. Right on. Or maybe he knows something we don't because he's now been in space. Oh, hey, so, maybe. Possibility. You know, we actually, like, we needed him to be in space so bad that we actually blasted William Shatner in space. So. Yeah. Which, <laughs> you know, which I'm okay with, but then, then they brought him back. What's up yeah. with that? Well, you know, he, you know, well, it is what it is. I mean, we sent, um, uh, you know, other people into space and bring them back. I guess we got to bring Shaq, too. I mean, we could have left Bezos up there. I would, would be okay with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Elon <laughs> Musk. I'm totally okay with leaving Elon Musk somewhere out there. Uh, I don't even know. That guy is weird. Even for a mm-hmm. mobile. Like, like, seriously. I don't know. Now he's in this lawsuit with Twitter. I, you know, he, he's just making it worse and worse and worse. Um, but, you know, he wasn't at Comic-Con, so at least we don't think he was. He might have been in disguise, <laughs> you know. Was there any candid uh, – did you bump into anybody candidly this year? Um, I'm trying to think if there were any celebs I – in 2019, into, really. it was Harvey Gullen for me from What We Do in the Shadows. I just turned a corner, right. and there he right. was doing photos. Uh, so uh, let's see. No, I, I think uh, everyone that I, I passed was uh, doing a signing or what have you. I did. One of the best things about Comic-Con is, you, you know, you, you turn a, a corner on the exhibitor floor and someone's doing a signing. Uh, there was a signing of uh, the latest iteration of My Little Pony, the comic book. And I have friends who are big uh, Brony and Pony fans, so I made sure to get copies signed to them. That was kind of cool. Well, that's awesome. I love My Little Pony, as you know. So, uh, yeah. And Tara Strong is, like, I'm a huge fan of Tara Strong. And I know she was there Amen. this year. You know, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, love her. Yeah. Oh, that also reminds me. Harley Quinn comes drops in a week. We gotta definitely yes, like and review they that. the first episode at Comic Con. Of course they did. Of course they. Did. And I love that show. I fucking uh, love that show. My my, um, my yeah. evil genius keeps going. You know, Poison Ivy's hot, and I'm like, yes, they have always been hot. Yep. It doesn't matter what iteration yep. of Poison Ivy she's hottie. Uh, so <laughs> I think that's so funny. No doubt. So I, my 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 evil genius is uh you know sexual awakening jade cargill from AEW and poison ivy and it's on brand <laughs> Great choices, on yeah. brand. Solid <laughs> so, oh gosh there was something out. else i wanted to tell you about okay um not the harley quinn which was cool um oh it's going to bug me i should have written it down sorry Oh no! I think you got ten minutes, so you better come up with it. So, um, curtsy while you're gosh. thinking. It saves time. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I know one thing that I ha- absolutely have to mention. Um, Michael Moorcock is not only still alive, but he's written a fucking Elric book, and it's a prequel, and it's coming out in October. And uh, okay. I didn't make it to the booth when they were giving out advanced copies, but uh, Elric of 
Melnibone, Melnibone, however you pronounce it, Elric <laughs> is a, a major fucking figure in fantasy literature. There's like, I don't know, a dozen heavy metal albums with Elric on the cover of them. Uh, yeah, Michael Moorcock invented the term the multiverse and uh, that, that he's still with us. Oh, uh, I'm so happy for that. I hope he does signings. He wasn't there himself at Comic-Con, but I just found out he's, he's not only alive, but he's fucking writing, and there's, we're getting a brand new Elric. Well, that's kind of big nerdy news. Right? I, I do have a question. You were talking earlier yeah. about um, the new they, – they, they showed you the you know, an episode from the new season of Archer. Did they give a premiere date for the new season? Yes, they did, and I want to say it's September. Let me do a quick... Um, wow, September's oh, going to be um, loaded. Also, we found out that um, we're getting Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and uh, we're getting the High Evolutionary as the Big Bad. So that was major news made. And um, gosh, what else? Um there were a ton, uh, a, a fucking metric ton of uh, premieres and first looks at toys. There, uh, I am currently curating <laughs> the shit that I bought and taking pictures, and I will post pictures of everything. But there uh, was this great uh, set of um, uh, Godzilla's that I purchased that are just gorgeous, and I love that kind of shit. Um, the Archer premiere, yeah. Uh, I, I some of these I hate to, to unbox because some of the boxes are just so good. Um, I'm uh, definitely going to need pictures of those. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if the um, the uh, Mandalorian's ship, the Razor Crest, is coming out of the box, but definitely going to be pulling out the. Uh, uh, the, the Godzillas, because they're just so gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, um, we're getting Archer Wednesday, August 24th. Ooh, oh, nice. day after my birthday. And um, as they kept pounding into us, uh, next day on Hulu. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. Um, speaking of my birthday, um, our guest a couple of episodes back, Brian Patrick O'Toole, was talking about the release of Dog Soldiers and how he had very little to do with it. Turns out he's actually on it, and it's a commentary. He did a commentary track. They did invite him to be on it. So, so that drops yeah. that drops on my birthday on the twenty third of August. So I might end up having to pick up the four K. So. Yeah, seriously, and the Shout Factory. Um, I have a link to it. Uh, the Shout Factory release of it has a lot of nice bonuses, including a beautiful poster. So nice. So uh, yeah, a lot of DVD releases coming up really soon too. We got to nerd it out. Um, Revenge of the Nerds finally, literally, is getting a 4K scan. Um, the Lost Boys is getting a 4K scan. Uh, there, there's going to be some really good shit coming out. I'm actually surprised there wasn't more of that being given away at Comic Con. Though Shell, Shell Factory always has a decent pra- uh, presence in San Diego, so I guess yeah. they were. So. Yeah, and, and they had their. 
Go ahead. Their shout factory button set too. And there was an MST3K button in the set that they gave out. Um, right. Natalie just uh, uh, mentioned that there's a new uh, 4K release of Cat People coming out. Oh, so really? Nice. So I have to pick up that because, you know, you can never have too many copies of Cat People. Wh- at which least one? In, in our house. Original or remake? Uh, oh, the Nastasia Kinski. The Nastasia Kinski, the remake. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so the, the sexy one. So. <laughs> and that's coming to uh, Scream Factory. Aha, excellent. Which so, is the, kind of the sister house of Shout Factory. Uh, I mean, they're basically the same thing. So, uh, yeah. so um, did did you remember the one thing you couldn't remember? No, and it was something to do with a late night premiere. And, uh, yeah, um, uh, there was huge presence for... Um, Ultraman, Shin, Shin Ultraman. Uh, there was huge presence for uh, the new Dragon Ball uh, movie, Dragon Ball Super. Uh, there was a, there was um, a concert for the Dragon Ball Super there at Comic Con. Was it at the con itself, or was it uh, outside? It might have been outside, but I know it was related because I saw a review of it. Um, they had a uh, they were doing the the sound the score to the new movie. So nice. Um, yeah, so it might have been in that theater that they they did Animaniacs last time I was there. Right. Uh, so, nice. so uh, the one thing that, that I didn't see this year were were a bunch of uh, stand up comedians and bands doing that. The Shins did play a show right before, but um, usually there's some pretty big bands going on, and, um, and the the Comic Con that never was 2020 um, was going to have the Hella Mega Tour with Green Day and um, Weezer, and uh, there was nothing like that this year. I, I hope that as you know we segue into the post-COVID years that they bring that back because it's pretty cool. Um, I I think the year before you joined me, uh, MTV took over uh, Petco Park and had an amazing series of installations um they were just wrapping up uh teen wolf the series and this year uh teen wolf the movie is being promoted everywhere um the other thing horror that i'm sorry i was going to say and sarah michelle geller crashed that panel to announce wolf pack which is her spinoff series yeah that was a big surprise and then um Mm -hmm. uh we found out um the gentleman who played Grey Wolf, uh, I'm sorry, Grey Worm in um, Game of Thrones is going to be Louis in the series of uh, the vamp- of uh, Interview with the Vampire, which I've read some stuff on the direction they're taking, and um, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, I don't know if it's going to Please, everyone, they're definitely a different turn from the movie and the novel. Um, of course, Anne Rice wrote the script for the movie Interview with the Vampire, but uh, apparently uh, they've updated it, and instead of uh, Louis-Anne Lestat being from the 1700s, they're now from the early 20th century, so I'm not mm-hmm. sure how that's going to be. And... Um, Oh, 
Oh man, I'm going to blank on the gentleman playing the reporter, but he, he's an he's an actor that we all know, and he's an older actor, and, and apparently uh, the conceit is that he started to an interview. Uh, Louis 20 years ago and now he's 20 years older and there's uh, they're trying to create a tension between uh, Louis and the reporter and it, it definitely sounds like it could be fun and it being horror uh, I'm, I'm going to be there for it at least at the start but mm-hmm. um, I don't know man um, how, how far can you go away from your source material and keep the fans well, I mean, the, the the Neil Jordan movie totally in the back half of the film, like, went on its own thing. And, you know, Antonio Banderas yeah. was playing a 16-year-old boy. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> you, know, you, yep. you know, if we can get through that, we can get through anything. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well said. Well said. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, well, thank you for your coverage. If you if you remember yeah, anything pleasure. else, please feel free to put it on my my profile or on the Sexy Witches page because I'm sure you're gonna like wake up in the middle of the night and go oh I forgot to talk about that. Um, uh, knowing, you I'll know, bet you're right. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> uh, I want to see the Godzilla yeah. toys. I want to see yeah, the Godzilla toys that. too. Um, so They're I don't awesome. know what our next show's gonna be. Um, it'll be in August for sure. Um, I have to. I'm with my new job, uh, things are a little bit up in the air. Um, I may, I'm going to see a concert on my birthday. It'll either be Crowbar, the metal band, or the punk band, the Damned. Right now, we're leaning a little bit more towards Crowbar, um, and so I know that's coming up for us. And uh, it turns out that uh, some of our friends are gonna do a panel on blood of the barn. Was it blood barn lava? Blood of barn lava? Is that what it is? Barn of the it? blood. Barn of the Blood Llama, which was the uh, the film that we reviewed on the uh, debut episode of Caught Dead Watching, my now uh, now unfortunately defunct other podcast. But the cool thing is, is that they're doing a panel on it at Dragon Con this year, so that might actually force me to end up going to Dragon Con for a day. Uh, right so, on. Yeah. So uh, you know, so we got that news this week. So there are things in up the pipe, and I bought my notepad for the madness. So I'm starting to work on that. So so there is going to be a lot. I definitely want to come back after the Harley Quinn debuts um, because we usually do something called Animation August. um, And I would like to highlight uh, highlight the Harley show because it so far has like been two great seasons and a third one coming out. Um, And so we'll figure that out. So it'll either be like. Um, it won't be it won't be the third or the tenth. It'll either be the seventeenth, twenty fourth. I'm thinking maybe might be our okay. next show. So somewhere well, around this there. This weekend, this weekend, uh, Natalie, myself, and a bunch of friends are hitting Midsummer Scream, which is the biggest <gasps> oh, yeah. uh, Halloween and horror convention. Nice. And believe it or not, tickets are still available, yo. And, really? Uh, oh they my god! I, I the, so want to do that show. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's amazing. Friday night is just the, the the dealer's room, but then Saturday and Sunday are to the, filled to the brim with amazing panels. So I'll tell you about well, that next show. Yeah, please recap of Midsummer Scream. I, I you know I've been wanting to go to that show 
for so long. And so I'm so glad you're a fan of that show because it's, you know, if you're a scare actor, Planet it is a place to be. I will when I have money again. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have a lot of extra expenses uh, coming up the pipe, like a lot of them. Uh, so hopefully, though, it'll you know I'll have a job and it'll work itself out. But we'll see. So anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be back in August. And real quick, Nathan, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, I barely use Facebook anymore. Um, yeah, <laughs> Facebook. That's about Facebook. it. Facebook. Okay. That's well, about it right now. Okay, and uh, and Aaron, if they want to find you on the interwebs, you're kind of all over the place. I really am on um, the Book of Face. I am Winslow Leach. There are a couple different ones. I'm the one who's currently paying tribute to Ch- uh, T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman. So that that Winslow Leach, uh, I follow everybody back. Go ahead and follow me, please. And then on the Twitter, I am at Aaron Sama, thirteen thirteen, also known as Captain Antifa. Nah, just Antifa. Okay, and um, you can find me on my personal profile, which is actually Elizabeth Catherine Gray. Uh, but um, you also have the Sexy Witches page. But I also manage three very relatively popular uh, group genre groups. One is the FB Film Geek Circle, which has been around since around MySpace. That's how old that group is, and the same core people are still there to this day. Um, and we also have the uh, Rogues of Tashi Station, small but significant science fiction group. And uh, then, of course, there is the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, which will start kicking into gear at the end of August. And our, uh, our uh, what was our, our live rules read will be this year, the 21st. So mark your calendars, the 21st is the beginning of Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness this year. It's Monsters Galore, uh, Monsters of Lore, Witches Galore, Folk Horror, folks. We're going to be looking at some old school monster and witches movies. So uh, it'll be a good year for classic horror and old school monsters. So if you like those things and want to know what that's all about, give me a shout on my personal profile or PM me. I always will answer a DM. And also the FP Fest have announced that they're, um, they'll have their dates and tickets go on sale for that yeah. as well for the final of the FP movies, which will come out in September. So lots of things to do coming up pipe and good night. We're going to leave with the, what's been deemed by billboard and whatever other rock gods say this the song of the summer which is lizzo about downtime so good night everyone good film hunting and blessed be we'll see you soon anyway it's that bit o'clock yeah it's six thirty i've been through a lot but i'm still flirty is everybody back up in the building? It's been a minute, tell me how you're feeling. Cause I'm about to get into my feeling. How you feeling? How you feel right now?
fussy, walking in my Balenciaga seas, trying to bring out the fabulous. Cause I give a fuck, way too much. I'ma need like two shots in my cup. Wanna get up, wanna get down. Mm, that's how I feel right now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.